0: Welcome to the new series of the Olive Magazine podcast, Raise Your Cooking Game. I'm Janine, deputy editor and podcast host. Each episode, I'll be consulting our cookery team experts to take a deep dive into a different subject with tips, tricks and advice for getting it right. And do listen out for our weekly bonus episodes where we'll be focusing on a classic recipe from the archive and explaining how to make it with perfect results every time. This episode, I'm joined by Olive's sister magazine, BBC Good Foods, Skills and Shows editor, Barney Desmazary. Welcome, Barney. Oh, hi, Janine. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? And we're talking about your pet subject, barbecue. Can you explain your barbecue credentials to us, please? So uh, yes, I'm a keen barbecuer,
1: if that's even a thing. I've written—I mean, to be honest, I've—I've I've written hundreds of barbecue recipes for for BBC Good Food. And I've also—I've—I've I've made it my um thing to understand how a barbecue works, rather than just writing the recipes. Yeah. I That's the whole point of me being skills editor. I sort—I understand the application of heat to protein, or application of heat to to everything. So that that gives me a um, keener sense of, of barbecuing i suppose i'm a general outdoor cooking person i love cooking outdoors but if you need if you really need me to qualify you i spend at least one weekend every summer and i have done for the last five years cooking a whole lamb i mean to varying degrees of success wow. but normally <laughs> normally a whole lamb over makeshift uh wouldn't even call them barbecues makeshift fires
0: sounds like you've got loads of um information to share with us so let's get started let's talk about um things you can do practical things you can do to make you a better barbecue cook let's let's kick off with equipment so
1: equipment, uh, if you haven't got a barbecue already, obviously, if, if you've got one, then you, you you don't need to go out and buy another one. But if you're looking for a barbecue, I think it's an absolute no-brainer that you want to buy a barbecue with a lid. I mean, you know, they're known as kettle barbecues, but other barbecues have lids. It's not, you can get the old run ones with lids. But simply by adding a lid to your barbecue, you're turning what is essentially a, a burner into an oven. Mm. The options that you have once your barbecue has a lid are infinitely more than just just a just a grill or an out you know an outdoor fire so that would be the first thing I would say. Then, I, then I'd say you need to start thinking about kind of direct, indirect heat. It's a bit like saying, um, you know, what are you going to pan fry? What are you going to roast? Mm. And that's the easiest way of describing it. Some things are much more suited to to pan frying or to that direct sear. Normally, smaller cuts of meat, thinner, uh, th- thinner, thinner things. And then some things you want to slow cook. And that is the difference, really. You, you're never going to really indirect. You're, you're not going to indirect. Uh, cook unless your barbecue has a um, has a lid because right. it, it's not going to work. The heat's not going to circulate. So without a lid, you, your only option is to to cook directly. And then with, with um, and then if your barbecue has a lid, you can cook indirectly. And for those people who don't know what indirectly means, uh, it's when you have two heat zones. We can have lots of heat zones where you you have the heat on one side, and then whatever it is you're cooking on the other side, and you let the heat circulate just as just exactly the same way as an oven works. This heat circulates around your protein or your vegetables rather than it cooking directly onto them. So when them. you
0: when you talk about heat on one side, you're you're literally talk about banking up the coals to one side yep. and leaving the other side completely free of coal. Classic indirect cooking
1: is exactly that. You'd get yeah. like an old roasting tray or one of those um, foil trays, preferably an old roasting tray or something you can recycle. But you'd get one of those and then you'd sit whatever it is on top of it. Essentially, it's, it's like sm- you're smoking, but to a, to a, oh, to a higher okay. degree. And then, and then the heat circulates around it. Or... Something like say you're, you're classically if you're cooking sausages or burgers, it's the first tip that I give to people is you want two different heat zones, one which is very hot, yeah. and then one with just a few coals on the other side. Right. And then you want to, and then you you start this production line of searing on one side, and once something's cooked, you just move them over to mm-hmm. the to the uh to the other side of the of the grill where they stay warm. And that's a nice way of cooking if you're cooking lots of uh, little things for people.
0: And what about the fuel that you're using? Because I think there's quite a few different kinds out. There isn't there.
1: I personally don't think that gas barbecuing is really barbecuing. Controversial, <laughs> I know, but um, I you know it's like one of those things. I think the whole joy of it is to get the flavour from your um from your from your charcoal or from the wood that you use, mm. and to, that is the joy. That that's the whole you're you're, you're reconnecting with 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 your uh, with with our cave person past. You know that's <laughs> that that's what it's about. It's about cooking over 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 fire. So firstly, yeah, I'm a, I'm an actual proper barbecue person as opposed to gas. And then um, the sort of differences are, you know, what's on the label. So we've got lumpwood, which is the natural stuff. This is – but it does burn quite quickly, but it burns to a really high temperature, and this is what you want to be looking for. Yes, you can buy those bags of instant lighting, but they have – they've got an accelerant. So really, with – I know we've probably all been guilty of just wanting a barbecue, going down the supermarket mm. and buying the first thing that we see. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that as well. But if you really want to kind of go into into the depth of it, yes. you really want to avoid things with accelerants. Accelerants are the, the lighter fuels which will can taint the food. Right. And you want to avoid them. And that goes for the same sort of the, the firelight. You know those white firelighters you yeah. use them all of a sudden you, your fingers smell of petrol and then it taints it. There's lots of other options out there at the... Uh, uh, You know, um, now there's lots of eco ones. You get get the compressed cardboard. You get the wood shavings. You know, like the little balls of um, the little balls of uh, sawdust, and they're all they're all a lot nicer.
0: are you a fan of the kettle that you used? You know, um, oh, hugely.
1: Lighting? So we have, yeah. We, uh, to me, that's an essential tool. It really turned the difference between using uh, the chimney. A chimney, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. not a kettle. Yeah, yeah. I, it, they don't actually cost that much either. You can buy a no brand. You can buy a no branded one for for less than like ten pounds, yeah. and they get your coals going in like twenty minutes. And the difference with me having one of those and not having one of those is barbecuing on a weeknight not just on weekends because wow. I'd come back and whereas before you'd have to build you know you'd have to get all kind of uh you'd have to get all boy scouts about it, yeah, it and, 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 and babysit it and then go there and stop stop blowing the coals and make sure they're going you, you can have coals ready to cook on in about 20 oh. uh 20 25 minutes Maybe. so all of a sudden you know opens it up as, a, as an option so those are the, the the chimneys that's an essential piece of kit yeah um i wouldn't i don't barbecue at home without one saying that when i' you know when we go camping you don't have one you can still uh you still start a, start a fire started, yeah. yeah and the easiest way so actually i taught my son and his his friends this um the easiest way to start a fire, or if you if you want to start a barbecue, is to use the hashtag method. So you know the the um the symbol of a hashtag, yeah. so the, the the cross. Get your fire lighter, get some kindling, build like a three high hashtag with the kindling, then put some larger logs on top. Awesome, and they that you'll guarantee to start a fire every time. And that's how that's how we remember it is is the hashtag method. <laughs>
0: it's the millennial <laughs> method. <laughs> that's brilliant obviously we live in the uk and as we've seen it's we're just coming out of may now and it's actually been raining for about seems like three weeks what um what can we do if it is raining i mean i, I know you, you know i know i know for a fact that you will barbecue in any weather yeah. but if you want to kind of get that slight barbecue vibe but using your oven or your grill yeah can we, are there still some things we can do
1: oh totally and i you know you i a lot of the barbecue is a lot of the barbecue is the the flavor that you're getting from the wood or from the from the, the charcoal that you're using without a doubt and, mm. and you get the flavor from the fat dripping onto the charcoal mm. and creating the steam or all the smoke and that um, that gives you the flavor as well but you also get you know you also get a lovely charred flavor by simply griddling i mean you know they, they, you still get char you still get you still get caramelization you mm. still get really lovely flavors like that so historically whenever i've written a barbecue recipe as you said you know the, the box the tip box i always give is rain or shine is to flip to is to flip to a, to, flip to, a uh, to a griddle pan if you're doing a direct barbecue, and then if not, then to just to to simply go to a to a hot oven, so something like a spatchcock chicken or a butterflied um, leg of lamb, just a really hot oven, an oven at about two fifty to uh, 250, 240 will still give you that really big heat. And if you want to add some smoke to it, there's really lots of there's lots of lovely options for smoked salts mm. that you can use. Yeah, yeah. Um, smoked paprika is a lovely thing to add to a rub. So you know, pouring down with rain outside but you still want to do have have get a smoky flavor really simple way of just adding smoky flavors by using smoked paprika
0: that's lovely i think i'd say as well my tip would be um you're going into a hot oven but to leave whatever meat or veg with a bit of of air underneath them rather than leaving them into putting them into a roasting tin yeah so kind of like on a on a trivet or on a um
1: or directly on the oven on the oh, yeah. oven yeah i mean if you're happy to to wash that afterwards but directly on the oven rack
0: with a drip tray underneath totally. so you get that kind of um surround heat as yeah, well yeah yeah so that...
1: exactly so the heat circulates around it yeah so uh, yeah that's a, that's, a, that's a lovely idea
0: so just going on to um bust some myths some yes. misconceptions that people have you've got a few haven't you for um for just stuff that we read again and again and yeah. it kind of goes in our head and we decide that that's the truth but not necessarily. What, what have you got? Uh, so,
1: so number one is if people are getting into it and then they're, they're told to use wood chips for flavour yeah. they're always told to soak them in water to create smoke now, water doesn't create smoke, it creates steam. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm no scientist, but, but... that So if you do want to create smoke, then, then there's absolutely no need to soak your wood chips in any form of water because all you're going to be doing is creating flavoured steam, mm. not flavoured smoke. So that'd be my, my, my tip number one. Tip number, tip number two, and this actually applies to um, cooking meat or, or, or poultry in general, we were always told historically ever to, to, to season with salt just before it went yeah. on... The, on, on in the oven or on the grill, we now know this to be nonsense. It's not nonsense, but by seasoning just before, all you're doing is seasoning on the outside. Mm-hmm. By seasoning, depending on how thick it is, you're seasoning. But by seasoning beforehand, up to several hours beforehand, the salt really penetrates the uh, penetrates the the protein, mm-hmm. and you you get a much. It starts to brine it. You get a much uh, a much more a much Better flavored uh, finished product. Yeah, and that's been number two. And then number three, MythBuster. So when we're told to cook steaks or chops or anything yeah. like that, we're told to we're told to sear them on one side, walk away, come back and turn them. Yeah. Um, always seemed a bit odd to me because the 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 side that you're not cooking first, it's sort of sweats, all the juices come out of it. And so we there's a new method of cooking that actually makes you look like a bit of a barbecue pro if that's what you're cooking, (laughs) which is literally to to stand there and turn it every minute. Mm -hmm. And that way you build up this beautiful crust and it cooks a lot more evenly. So that would that that's a direct method. So if you're cooking, so something like a T bone, you know, something beautiful like that get your coals really hot and actually you can cook over quite a fierce heat and again because you're turning it you're you're cooking over this fierce heat but you it gets uh it gets it, it's not got enough time to burn so you're just building up this beautiful so you're crust just
0: constantly flipping it. literally every minute you, you sear gonna... it
1: for a minute flip it for a minute and it's still the same combined amount of time but you're just flipping it every minute as opposed to as mm. opposed to leaving it for five and then and then turning it for five
0: you're going to need the uh
1: long-handled tongs for that one. you long-handled tongs are definitely on my list of uh of of, of essential tools i'd say they're they're very much i mean they are the essential tool there's not much else you can you can do without without long-handle otherwise tongs. you're
0: just going to be doing a lot of yeah. jumping back
1: jumping back and getting <clears throat> yeah red knuckles
0: stick around for more expert barbecue advice from barney can i just ask you a quick question about the wood chips you mentioned Um, when when do you add them you don't add them all the time do you because otherwise you maybe would over smoke do you add the beginning and
1: totally depends on what you're cooking and what you're you're trying to achieve so for uh for for some things if you're cooking something really slowly for something like ribs um where you're 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 essentially you're smoking them to start with or you're cooking them at a really low um really low temperature Mm. you'd smoke them throughout and then you'd finish them on a hot heat But if you just want to boost the flavour onto something, then you can just throw a few wood chips over at the end, just to give it, just to just to give it some some finishing smoke. Nice. Um, but you know, and again, we're going to, I think we're going to talk about this again in a minute about with, with flavour boosters. It's not just wood chips that you you can use. You can use lots of things. And I tend to use if I'm using herbs or spices mm. in my um, in a marinade or within the dish, they will go on the. Oh you Amazing. know they they will go straight on the coals. Yeah, well um, let,
0: let's talk about flavor boosters yeah. and start with that. So literally if something like um a, a woody herb I'm guessing I'll rosemary totally, thyme yeah, yeah. bay leaves. So if you're actually starting out with without a marinade yeah. you're going to grab a few branches of it and just put it on Even there. Even if
1: I'm not. So all my my main tip was going to mm. be that I smoke a lot with uh with with the exact with with that with with um with rosemary or with bay and I'm lucky enough to have a, a big bay tree which nice. I prune when I prune it I keep all the I keep all the offcuts, all the prunings, and there's two ways of doing it. You can either throw them straight onto the coals, and they 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 go up in smoke, and you get that flavour, or you can put them on the bars, and you can sit whatever it is you want to cook on top of the herbs, and then you bit like cooking in hay. Like, you know, you cook yeah. lamb in hay, and then they they smoulder gently on top of the herbs. Um, you can also throw spices, things like you know, cumin whole seeds, wow. cumin coriander seeds. Um, all of those can go straight onto onto uh, your coals as well to so create yeah. an aromatic oh, yeah. smoke. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: I've never I've never done that before. That sounds yeah. brilliant. What about actual um, flavourings within the the recipe itself?
1: So uh, flavourings would so for things like for things like rubs. Yeah. So rubs. I've got this. Oh, it's not really, it's not an acronym, but I've got this uh, <laughs> this way that I remember it. I think it's the four S's. It's, it's salty, spicy, um, salty, spicy, sweet and um, scented nice. so you know if you want the if you want the easiest rub in, or like the easiest rub in the world is this it's it's one part um one part brown sugar one part salt and one part smoked paprika and there isn't a piece of there isn't a piece of poultry or a piece of meat i know out there that doesn't that we even fish that doesn't you know doesn't taste better after you've, you've mixed yeah. those two together and you'll look at you think that's a lot of brown sugar and it's a lot of salt but all of a sudden it all starts to make sense and it all comes together. And I used to do this, I used to I used to do the barbecue at my my kids' um Primary school summer fair. Was, I was, I was, I was the barbecue man, and that was, to be honest, that was my, that was my go-to rub. My it, it was, it was those, those three things. It was actually, I added, and I also added equal amounts of cumin. It was only those four things, yeah. and everyone was trying. I felt like Colonel Saunders. Everyone was trying to guess my, you know, guess my secret, my secret combination of herbs and spices <laughs> and ingredients, and, and work out what it was. And the only secret to it was they were equal. It was, it was a quarter of each. It was equal quantities of each. And people are quite scared of adding that much salt or that much sugar. And then the other thing was I used to I used to leave the um I used to leave the chicken to to marinade and because it's a rub for like 24 hours and it used to build this crust oh. on the chicken thighs, which it sort, of, you know, it sort of diluted it and made this crust and made them go and the paprika made them go bright red. But I, I think people didn't understand the simplicity of it, which is why they, you know, why they why they liked it. Keep, some some things can become quite overcomplicated and all mm. of a sudden it becomes a cacophony of flavours as opposed to just a couple of flavours coming mm. through. Um, but going back to what I was saying before, so yeah, the, the four S's. they will always be there'll always be something salty. There'll always be something reasonably spicy in there. Then I'll look for something scented. So that might be my my dried herb or or, or something. And then. Um, and then I'll, and if I said spicy, and then I'll add, and then I'll add, and then sweet. I'll add something, uh, something sweet. Yeah. yeah. So that could be, and that work, that same, those same flavor profiles work with marinades. Yeah. You know, exactly the same with marinades. So rather than brown sugar or, 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 um, or golden castor, I might use maple syrup or honey. But it's those same four flavor profiles that I'll, but I'll be looking when I'm coming up with a, with a marinade or a rub. Um,
0: Amazing. yeah. And then the recipe. S. The final S, the smoke. Smoke, yes, smoke. There.
1: You'll get five S's, yeah. And we get smoke. But that
0: comes from the yeah. whatever you put in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. You also had something about um, a kind of turning your barbecue into a bit of a rotisserie.
1: Yeah, so we're talking about indirect cooking. And yeah. I mentioned having a tray underneath yeah. whatever it is you're cooking. Um, and then you mentioned uh, cooking in an oven in the same way. And so I. I the way that I think about it is that if I'm going to go to the effort of making a barbecue, a bag of coal actually isn't you know isn't that cheap, mm. especially if you're buying really good quality, which you should be. Um, forestry Commission um, yeah, sustainable, uh, yeah, it's sustainable charcoal. coal, and it does make a big difference. We're all used to we're all used to shopping online nowadays. There's no reason that, you know it gets delivered to your house. There's no reason why you shouldn't be buying the most sustainable uh, British produced um, charcoal out mm. there. It's not cheap. You get amazing flavour, but if you're going to go to the effort of doing all of that, I say get the absolute most out of that, out of it as you can. So when it's heating up, mm. sear some. So you know, maybe sear some um, some vegetables on it to make a, a sauce with. Burn some chillies to make a chilli sauce with it. Once the meats come off, brush your um, brush your bars down, and then griddle some barbecues or some pineapple. But really try and get the most out of it. And along with that, so you've got you've got a you've got something. Whether it's a, a, a chicken or a piece of meat, barbecuing beautifully, it's a shame to lose all those juices. Yeah. And when you've got a, you know, whenever you see a clever person using a rotisserie, or you go to a to, to a market where they're using a rotisserie, there's always a tray of something underneath where they're catching all those delicious juices. And there's no reason why you can't do that with with your barbecue. I mean, the, you know, the obvious one to me is just some sliced potatoes or some 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 mm. potatoes. And a really lovely dish actually. This last summer during lockdown, with uh, guinea fowl. So I, you know, I indirectly cooked some guinea fowl, and I had a tray of potatoes underneath, and they were amazing.
0: And I mean, did you have to par cook them first, or cook them? It depends
1: scratch? on it depends on on the heat of what you, what uh. you're cooking with. You can do you can treat them like roast potatoes, or you can you can just throw in some small cubes of potatoes and let let them cook in the, let them cook. They get they take on that smoky flavour mm. as well.
0: And finally, you had a really nice idea for using lemon and lime. Please. Yeah,
1: so. Um, Certainly, it's my trick. We you do see people doing it. If you're if you're cooking something that that you'd like to squeeze lemon, lime, orange, anything over actually, citrusy, yes, yeah, yeah. citrusy. If you cut your citrus fruit in half and sear it, cut side down, the um the skin the the cut side caramelizes and it intensifies the flavour of the juice when you squeeze it over. Wow! Yeah,
0: so many brilliant ideas oh, there, Bonnie. Thank you. thank you so much for that. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, absolute pleasure, Janine. That was the Olive Magazine podcast. For more information on things we talked about in this episode and to check our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, head to olivemagazine.com.